0: My name is Scott Chaloner and you are listening to the Leaders' Council podcast for the people who run the country and the people who keep the country running. As regular listeners of our program will know very well, part of our mission here at the Leaders Council is to bring you a variety of distinct perspectives on leadership. And to this end, we're joined on today's program by Peter Dickinson, the founder and managing director of CUB, that's K-U-B Limited, a hybrid digital marketing agency and business coaching provider, which is helping entrepreneurs grow their businesses. Uh, Peter, very warm welcome to you today and thanks for joining us on the program. It's a real pleasure having you with us.
1: Thanks, Scott. It's great to be here.
0: Yeah, great to have you as well, Peter. Uh, Now, obviously, for those listeners that might not be familiar with you, I've sort of given a very brief overview of what it is that uh, Cub does, but what is it that you specialize in, in your own words, please?
1: Okay, so I worked as a business coach, uh, digital tech (coughs) uh, advisor, consultant, uh, mentor. uh, For the last 20 years, worked with over 500
2: businesses.
1: Mm. Seven seven years ago, um, my daughter joined me. Uh, because I got fed up of working with com- with um, agencies who didn't seem to really have a clue as to what they were doing. So we um, set about setting up our own agency, uh, a one-stop agency, so that we could uh, run projects and uh, and deliver it to the standards we wanted to deliver to. Um, we also wanted to um, <clears throat> provide as much information and support to the wider business community, because there are people who uh, can't, basically can't afford what we do, mm. but they still need help. And oh my God, are we going to need it in the next few few months? Um, I don't think anybody saw the uh, the, the problems that uh, mm. the, the budget bring. Yeah, we won't go on get politics. Um, so basically, um, we're very much about uh, providing tools. Uh, we're doing, delivering the strategy, marketing strategy. We're developing an app so that uh, everyone who wants to can can develop their own marketing strategy. Don't need a marketing consultant, although you know, obviously, marketing consultants would hope would use the tool as well. Um, it's got fully costed models in it so that you can um, you you. There's a lot of people who say, "Well, I've got this budget," and we say, "Well, that budget isn't enough uh, because of the X, Y, and Z." If we're going to tailor the budget, then we've got to remove things out. We can't have everything. Well, let's do some things really well. Um, and I've literally before this call was putting together a uh, the course so that they not only is there an app, there'll be a course to go with it because um, I just want to bring. All the stuff that's in my head and all that they experience into something that will uh, give people what they need, and then of course we work with high growth entrepreneurs uh, who have who, who want to disrupt the market mm. and um, we 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 love working with those guys because you know they've, they've got a clear focus and they're going to differentiate themselves and uh, and we now work with those types of companies. Take to, to, to help them disrupt the market, and part of the marketing strategy tools that we use are designed specifically to do that. Um, but they're all proven tools, they're all all the books behind them are all sitting on my bookshelf. So, you know, I haven't invented them, I've not invented anything clever, all I've done is join them all together.
0: Yeah, sounds incredibly interesting, and um, something as well that um, I think you've, you've alluded to there is the fact that in what are difficult economic times, the temptation is great, isn't there, for businesses to kind of tighten the belt, and marketing, I suppose, is one of the things that sort of falls by the wayside when it comes to sort of where you prioritize channeling funding and investment. But I suppose when we see that some of the most successful businesses out there, some of the most successful innovations have actually taken place in times of economic hardships because businesses have been prepared to take risks. I suppose the message is there that actually doubling down on your sort of marketing strategy and being tactical about the way that you sort of promote your business, it actually can work out very, very well for you in the long run, can't it? Yeah, so in the 90s and to
1: the extent the 80s, uh, when uh, that we had our hard economic terms at times, the people switched off the marketing. Mm. And but, but uh, it was interesting in COVID. So beginning of COVID, we lost half our turnover uh, just overnight. Like you know, some people lost all their turnover. So you know, we got to be grateful for small mercies. Um, but because we work with growth. Focused entrepreneurs and I think this is one of the things I'd like to get over it in this podcast mm. is um yes we're, we are in for some horrendous turbulence I've never seen you know inflation I mean I've lived through high inflation I bought our first house at fifteen percent uh, in interest rate so you know um the country has been here before mm. um, but never in a recession never with the, all the supply chain issues or with the, all the energy issues. So we are in for a tough time. But it was interesting with COVID where everything just switched off um, that within two months I recovered our turnover and within about 12 months we doubled our turnover and we doubled our team. This is because we are working with people who went, you know what, we're not going to sit around and wait to be washed away we're Going to take it, take it, take um, you know, take the lead, we're gonna uh, and we're gonna push, push forward. And what's I think interesting if you compare the 80s with now, mm. um, a lot of people didn't do marketing, period. So for them to stop spending some money on PR, and you know, people used to call marketing PR, and, and yes, it switched all that up these days. Marketing is the lifeblood of 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 a lot of companies, mm. and um, they can't you can't switch it off. And uh, in fact, I think, like you said, that you use the exact words I was thinking is double down on it. Mm. But but it's double down in the areas that matter, not not everything. You know, so you, so you don't necessarily have to double your budget. You might actually go well. Actually, we're going to stop X, Y, and Z, but we're going we're going to do more of whatever it is that you know really works and. And really, one of the things I kind of hope people do, you know, you say that you know, adversity is when people innovate, is they're actually going to start looking at the metrics, actually start looking at the data, you know, to, to measure what's working and what's not working, stop doing what's not working, and do more of what's working. And so you might have the same budget, but it might be a lot more effective. Mm. And it's it's down to the leaders to to really get to understand you know the important aspects of their business, and so if marketing, because it, it was quite interesting. I've been doing um, I've got 30,000 connections on LinkedIn, mm. and I've been having a conversation with them all over the last probably about six months now. So I've had personal, you know, c- contact every single one of them. Uh, clearly, we've only got back to two years ago when I was connecting. Mm. So I've got I've got till 1994. I think it is. <laughs> 2004 or, or whatever, when LinkedIn started to to go back to. But it's really interesting. There's lots of businesses still relying on, on um, referrals and on people, um, uh, you know, word of mouth. Yeah. Now, one of the things that happens, of course, in hard economic times, that stuff dries up. Mm. And I do have concerns for some of those people that they have
0: no backup plan in place. Um. Yeah, I can certainly see where you're coming from there. And um, funnily enough, um, I actually uh, some months back uh, spoke to one of the uh, sort of senior executives from the Data and Marketing Association. They were talking about some of the strategies that, particularly telling during the uh, the pandemic, actually, in terms of marketing. Um, obviously, on the one hand was the digital side of things, because everybody's at home, everyone's shopping online, everybody's on their computers. So that's obviously a very important element. But also things that might not traditionally have worked so well for quite a while, like things like sort of sending things through the post, pamphlets and things, that for the period that everybody was at home, all of a sudden started working quite well again. I mean, that situation might be different now. But it just goes to show, doesn't it? That you've got to be very, very tactical and about the way you do, you, you do things and where you choose to market your business.
1: During COVID actually, that was a really interesting point. Mm. During COVID, we, well, <clears throat> some of the things that worked, worked well, so for example, posting on LinkedIn worked well prior to COVID. And then because there was so many people sitting at home, oh, mm. I've, been, I've been told to write articles. <laughs> Everybody was writing articles. Yeah. So, the, the exposure you could get for your own material just dropped off a cliff. Um, and, um, it, you know, and, and Facebook advertising costs, Instagram costs all went up because people were competing for the same audience. Uh, and of course, it's all on the bidding, bidding process. So, everybody's sort of costs went up. Um, and it was quite interesting watching. Uh, so, we all, you know, we all said, oh, this is the new normal. So we went on Zoom. We've tried networking on Zoom, but it was quite interesting. Uh, so we we still run free web, free workshops and webinars, mm. which are educational. Okay, they're not sales pitches, um, and and they still work really well. Uh, and we do some still do some peer to peer stuff. But interesting, we have to mix it with in person stuff because all the, the online networking, which all sprung up, has disappeared again because people don't like it. They want to. They want to. You know, it's to um, meet in person. So it's been fascinating and a hell of a journey as, as, as things change. And of course, Google uh, and all these folks mix things up as well. So you know, they've decided to change the way they do Google Analytics and just said next year, 12 months time, I'm switching it off. They said this in July. So now, mad scramble, was <laughs> we get everybody onto the new system.
0: Yeah, it is. Um... It's difficult, isn't it, when you do see sort of transitions like that, and it's it's also rather unfortunate, isn't it, that we haven't actually had a period of any kind of respite. It's almost seemed to be that we've come out of COVID and out of social restrictions, and it's out of the frying pan and into the fire with sort of the cost of living and inflationary pressures. Businesses now worrying about whether they can afford to keep the lights on if they still have their office spaces. So in terms of what you're seeing at the moment, um, what are the sort of priorities for business in terms of marketing—are you starting to find that they are starting to cut back on that, or are they looking to cash in during what is a difficult period economically again?
1: So, what's really interesting. So, <clears throat> I've been having these conversations, and I was mentioning it to another to a, an HR contact I've got who's really well networked. And I was saying to him, well, "What's what's he experienced? What's what's happening in the world?" and um, well, certainly up until the, the 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 pound falling off a cliff, people were actually quite relaxed. Um, you know, the, the, the you didn't feel the, the the sort of oncoming economic numbers. Um, but I think now that we've now added uh, a, a substantial depreciation in the pound, and of course everybody buys stuff for abroad. Mm. Um, that's an immediate. That's pretty much an immediate impact, unless you've. You've forward bought that uh, the currency, Um, and uh, yeah, the the the, that that kind of change in value of the pound is going to impact people like now. So um, it'll be interesting to have. So it'll be interesting to see how these conversations go on going forwards. Whether people are are, are sort of because at some point, you know, you've got your energy costs, and then if you're buying stuff abroad. you know, you've got this, this huge devaluation. Um, you know, and, and those numbers are far bigger than most people's profit margins. So, I, yeah, I I, I hope somebody pulls something out of the bag um, in terms of, you know, getting the pound back to where it was or on the way to where it was. But in, in the past, in my experience, because I'm, readers obviously can't see my age, mm. but I've been around a bit. It usually takes a while for the currency to recover. I was I was around when uh, and working when uh, the pounds last at parity. Um, You know we have been here before, Um, and you know we 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 recovered again. Um, But um, yeah, we we it's clear that the markets don't like the current policies, and hopefully there might be some adjustments. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I suppose from the, uh, from the political perspective, what we need to see now is we need to see some clarity from the government in the medium term as to how it plans to sort of cost its policies, given that the idea is to bring the deficit down in the medium term as a percentage of gross output. Um, that has been earmarked by the government for November the, uh, the 23rd, of course, but the critics are warning that it cannot wait till then. There needs to be some certainty to try and calm the market reaction and just for the context of those tuning into this podcast we are recording this on the 28th of September uh, 2022 so the mini budget was last Friday and of course we've seen the pound plummet in value just 3 days after that and the bank of england today has not stepped in with an emergency meeting to hike interest rates again to protect the currency as of yet but what it has done is uh, step in to purchase government bonds to try and cool market conditions so there's there's actions there that have been taken which seem to be initially working. But again, um, it depends on where we see the pound go from here because if the, if the currency continues to plummet in value, then interest rates are only going to become higher and that's only going to push borrowing costs up further. And it is something of a gamble, isn't it, from the government when we think that we're in this great big gamble to sort of try and cut taxes and stimulate economic growth. But when there is inflationary pressure, the fallout of that and the possible discord between fiscal policy and monetary policy. I mean it does pose a massive risk, doesn't it?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I do not want to be back to when we were buying a house in nineteen ninety, uh when we, we paid we were paying fifteen percent interest rates. Mm. That's going to to, to to cripple everybody's pensions. You know, it it does so much damage and um you know, I'm sure this is not a political broadcast, so I don't particularly get into the, your politics, because um, I'm sure your readers get plenty of that. But when they when they announced all that they were doing, and I was listening to Russia, and I was listening to, to Liz Truss, and, it, you, you know, I was very much in the, yes, the Russia's um, cut, the, the taxes and so, increases and so forth. We're painful on at one, one and a quarter percent on on the NI. We we did feel that, but that's that that's clearly going to be better than twenty percent, you know, ch- uh, depreciation uh, and because we have to buy stuff in dollars. Mm-hmm. Some of our stock in dollars. I mean, we're lucky we can go out to the US. My daughter's already been out to the US, and we're going to certainly accelerate uh, trying to get some more dollar accounts. And we'll be keeping that money in dollars. We won't be using, it won't go into UK uh, sterling. Um, so as a business, we can do that sort of thing. But what about all the businesses who can't do that sort of uh, that, that thing? And um, I, I really do hope Liz Truss and the Chancellor do sit back and, and go, wow, the world was telling us about this stuff. I mean... Suddenly, and I'm trying to stay apolitical, but there has been a lot of research on trickle-down economics, and it's been proven it does not work. Um, you know, apart from the very rich, but you know, they're already very rich, so you know, surely they can they can sweat it out a little bit, you know, um, you know, whilst the rest of us get our act together. Um, so I, I'm kind of hoping that, that something politically, you know, somebody will actually listen to the numbers. And listen to the to the people who know this stuff. Because in the 70s, and 80s, I'm not I'm convinced we had all the economic models uh, which we which we do now. So so everybody punched in the numbers, and I, and I, I don't understand as a business leader how you know the justification of it, it has to wait till November. They've made a bunch of decisions, and yet what's that based on? That has to be based on data and modeling but yet we're not going to know what that is until November. That that makes no sense. Um, so um, I think at the moment where we are in that whole situation is, we as business leaders, you know, we, 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 with the internet these days, you've got all the information to your hand. You know, wh- why why are these decisions being made? Um, you know, what's backing them up? And I think that's where the market is as well, because uh, you can make some major decisions like... You know the gamble, the two hundred billion pound gamble. in backing it? You'd never do that with your own business, would you?
0: It's exactly that, isn't it? It's it, it's the clarity over where is the firm plan to actually see the return on this investment. That's that's the uh, the key thing. And if you if you if you look at the market reaction from just less than a week, that just shows that you know that lack of certainty is a major concern. I mean, we're seeing mortgage lenders essentially like temporarily halting offering out new products, which is absolutely unprecedented. And obviously there are a lot of worried business leaders out there looking up, upon this economic situation and thinking about sort of what they're going to do next. But um, I guess if anything, I mean, what the pandemic probably taught us is that we do have an incredible entrepreneurial spirit in this country and some incredible business leaders that are out there. So I suppose the, let's call it resilience, that we built up over the years from getting through former economic crises and also the uh, the pandemic itself um, there is hope there that business can once again chart a course through this, isn't there? But we're just obviously waiting on those in power to sort of come out with the statements that are spoke so sorely needed.
1: Well, I think, I mean, one of the things about, I mean, I've worked with 500 businesses. One thing that I really love about working with uh, entrepreneurs, you know, people who run small to medium sized businesses is that they'll go, okay, I thought, I mean, we'll deal with it. Mm. My biggest concern is not, is not the entrepreneur's ability to handle it. We are a bit punch drunk, though. You know, we're only just getting out from the, um, from COVID, you know, and, and some people have done quite well. Some people have done absolutely dreadful. And then there's a bunch of people like ourselves who sort of did okay. And, and then, you know, we've, we've, I mean, we've, we've done a lot of work to pivot. Um we had no idea we would be developing an app. I've launched a book. Um, we're launching a substantial strategy course for SMEs. Um, all that was was sort of vision pie in the sky in my head prior, prior to COVID. But given all the time we have available, we, you know, like most driven entrepreneurs, we got on with it. Um, but I I do cons- and I've no answer to this. I do have concerns for the mental health of entrepreneurs. Mm. Um, I mean, luckily, it is more more in the um, in the in the, um, in the out there. People are talking about it. Mm. So a guy who who's I, I would put him you know high up there on the on a pedestal is somebody who's driven, does great things, does great things for charity, does great things for his team. You know, is really growing business. He actually put a post up. Uh, saying that um, he, he he really considered suicide. Mm. You know, I mean, this this guy's got a high profile. It, this isn't um, you know a little. This wasn't going to be a little post. It you know it had a lot of views. And it had a lot of comments. And um, you know, I've got I've still got huge respect for the guy. Um, but if somebody like that has has, has suffered to the extent that they're considered suicide, then um, I, I do and. I mean, one of the stats sadly, one of the stats uh, for farmers is they have the highest suicide rate. Mm. You know, um, I I don't know whether you know you, as the leaders' council, can can interview a leader who understands mental health. But um, I think you know that is going to be a big thing because this is this is going to be a serious crunch. This is. you know um and I'm sure the SME community will certainly power through it but there will be collateral damage and you know that's the sad bit and is there something is there something out there that we're not going to get from the government that w- that p- would provide that kind of mental support mm-hmm. to say guys we can make this and we can do it there's not an issue there um because we've been it I've been through several recessions I've mean, been I mentioning about in 2008 about mortgages i was trying to remortgage um, uh, a property because i was buying another one just as it all crunched <laughs> um, and 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 the, and, the, and the the mortgage offers changed daily you'd ring up in the morning and by the afternoon it had gone mm-hmm. um you know so we've been through it before um, but yeah <laughs> i can't kind of help thinking that we as the entrepreneurial community and it does need to to think about how we can maybe
0: support each other yes yeah, certainly and uh going back to what you said to sort of on mental health and well-being it is something that we have certainly discussed on the uh, the program before and um I do, and there are there are one or two business leaders that are still concerned that we've not seen the full crest of the wave of the impact of covid on well-being but i suppose what we have seen is that we're a lot more aware now of our own mortality and that goes obviously for our physical as well as our mental health and more business leaders are very conscious of the fact that when they do need to kind of take a step back from the uh, sort of the hectic world of running and trying to keep their businesses afloat, they sort of have the ability to do that more so than they uh, than they did before. But when there is sort of a full-scale economic situation like there is today that is quite intense, I, th- I think we do need to, as leaders, support each other a lot more. There needs to be more networking on this sort of thing and there needs to be more normalised conversation about mental health because kind of taking a break from the hectic world of the business day-to-day running is one thing, but actually going and talking to people and sort of voicing concerns about the very common problems that are out there, that's going to have a whole new impact, isn't it? And so this is where leaders really do need to be talking to each other and acknowledging that it's not necessarily all being in the same boat, but it is the same storm and different boats, but we can still help each other. We can still learn an awful lot from um, each other's accounts, each other's stories, and that's going to be incredibly important.
1: Absolutely, totally agree. I do run some peer groups Uh, An international peer group of of entrepreneurs working in the UK, uh, a a winners peer group, um, uh, a recent Lancashire-based awards. um, They've got all the winners, and and I run a peer group of of those who want to be involved. Um, Mental health hasn't come up yet in that particular uh, forum, but uh, because these guys are are all leading very good, uh, growing companies, but. I can't help but feeling that, um, you know, as in previous peer groups, because I ran some of the government peer groups last year uh, through lockdowns, both both periods of the lockdown, and uh, mental health was was very high on the agenda there. Mm. There were various discussions about, you know, more about helping staff than than themselves, but because they were in a forum with with a shared um, uh, values, Uh, and shared problems that uh it 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 kind of was discussed as yeah
0: we need to keep an eye on this yeah i think we certainly do need to keep a very close eye on developments around well-being over the course of the next few months as well because like i say that the the market volatility at the moment is a huge concern and it is going to worry investors it is going to worry business leaders so that is certainly something to where to keep an eye on and um you mentioned as well um, that at CUB you've been sort of putting together some sort of strategies for business leaders to adhere to. So thinking kind of about the um, the sort of environment that we're trying to navigate at the moment, um, what in your perspective are some of the very key things that sort of business leaders need to be considering in their strategy for the months ahead, do you feel?
1: Um, oh, that's a good question, isn't it? <laughs> um, uh, well, I mean, you know, when you hit any, any kind of crunch, economic crunch or, uh, you know, as we are doing now, mm. then, um, you know, keep a very close eye on that, the profit and loss. Keep an eye, you know, if I was suddenly uh, 20 years ago, I did stuff for business, a million pound business. Um, and we, we brought in the, um, uh, not the insolvency practitioners, the administrators. Mm. And, and they took over the running of the business because th- there are a lot of things that the business is still running. We were just taken out by the foot and mouth uh, fuel crisis. Mm. Um, and we we just couldn't service some aspects of the business because we were going to land and we couldn't get to the land. Um, so I was taken out by biblical proportions. The problems of biblical proportions. But um, the, one of the things that they do the administrators do is go through every single invoice that comes through the business and look at it and go, do we need this? Is this necessary? And and I think, you know, a, a root and branch review of every single cost in the business would be very high on my agenda. I've already done it. Um, You know, I'm probably on to the second and third go at it just to say, do we need this? Do we need that? Looking at every cost comes through, making sure that, um it, it, it it's that is there for a purpose um you know making sure that that on the sales side that somebody's got ownership of all the product lines and services that you do so that you are and and we all know in businesses that there are all there are people who customers who take business from them who are um cost you more than than they they are worth um but it's called a whale curve if somebody wants to google it um, but basically, if you stack up your most profitable customers and, and do a cumulative curve, in theory it should be a, a left to right rise, but it's not. It actually it actually looks like a whale curve because about twenty, between five and twenty percent of your customers actually take profit from you. So the first thing you do, there's a company called EDS. You do this as a regular thing, where they stack five percent of their customers and suddenly five percent of their staff. Um, but if we go, if we just keep focusing on the customers for the time being, get rid of those customers who who take money who take money off you. You know they cost more to service, and you know focus. Uh You mentioned the the pivot word. Mm-hmm. You know are you? You know as things change, are there things you can do to differentiate yourself? Um, you, you know are the market? Are you have you got more attractive markets you could be working in, or you you, you could do more in? Um, I'm a big, I'm a huge fan of lean, uh, and agile process map, the whole business and go through it. You know, do we need to do stuff and try to eliminate those processes? It's not about looking for people to lose people. It's about making yourself more efficient, making yourself more effective. You know, we use one of the things that COVID did with systems is everybody, of course, went online. So are there, um, you know, and we we automated a lot of stuff uh, in that time 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 frame. You know, so that we we minimise the cost of bookkeeping. We outsource our bookkeeping, but we, in order to reduce those costs, we looked at how much we could automate, and that was a really useful to find, You know, because lots of systems now talk to each other, even even your bog standard systems that a small medium sized business can use. So, are you double entering things? Are you making mistakes? Look at your customer service. Look at all the touch points. I mean, um, you know, we try to answer and respond to inquiries as quickly as we can. Um, You know, you can set up now on your website through uh, those little web chat uh, um, bots. You can set up a lot of FAQs, you know, so that you can service your customers 24-7, you know, with answers, with basic answers, and we work with a manufacturing business uh, who sell quite a lot of. Uh, technology to to smaller customers, mm. and they spent just probably a couple of days putting in all the frequently asked questions into the bot. And so now, you know, midnight or te- you know, ten o'clock or whatever, an engineering firm might go, "Oh, I need this bit, bit and, and so forth." They'd go on and get the answer. And, and now, because they have got an online system, they can order it. And this is a you know a, a manufacturing business. It's not a retail shop. It's it's um, and and they're using you know, technology, retail technology, but to service business to business. So it's about looking at every aspect of the business and going, well, you know, is there a piece of modern technology out there? Because a lot has changed. A lot has changed in the last two years. COVID has changed a lot. Mm. Because people had to, um, you know, get used to the idea. They were virtual businesses. Um, and, um, you know, so I think I think there's still a lot of opportunity there for people to take out um, costs. not necessarily people, you know. Because and you know, there's yes, that's sometimes a result. But at the moment, I mean, we've we've just lost somebody to um, uh, 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 on career progression, mm-hmm. and we're you know we're looking for somebody else else now. But there's not many people out there, you know. So you know, if we can, if the businesses can can look on the processes. Look at the customer points. Enable the tools and things. There's still opportunities for them to, to develop. And and for those businesses who can, can you export? You know, um, I know we're not going to get a trade deal with the US, but we've we've actually got now a customer in India. You know, so and that's before that trade deal kicked in. So there are plenty of working with a global um, reusable part truck, truck parts business. And they've um, I they've been they've followed actually at least trust around the world getting these trade deals, and they're now going in there saying, well, actually, we can supply you with these engine parts a lot cheaper now because we're not paying tariffs. So I think um, we do have to because we've lost Europe, we do have to think outside the box. And I think you know you mentioned about innovation and pivoting and, and so on, and, and again, this is not this is another opportunity to do that but as a leader you've got to lead you can't sit back and, and put on and play on the golf course um you've, you've got to be in there in the driving seat making stuff happen
0: it's exactly right leaders do need to really be at the sharp end of things at this point in time and uh it's about as you mentioned there kind of balancing the ability to pivot and adapt to what you cannot influence so the changing conditions of the market with that kind of proactive streak, isn't it? You've got to sort of be taking the steps necessary to sort of help the business excel and protect the business during a time like this because even though there are certain elements that you cannot control and you react to as and when you're confronted with them, there are still steps that you can take and one of those that you've talked about, which certainly is food for thought for any entrepreneur that might be tuning into this, is to you know think outside the box, start looking at the opportunities that are there.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Um, there's a, there's a uh, Stephen Covey, I'm sure you've, you've all, all, all your readers read it, you know, some Habits of Highly Effective People. You focus on the things you can you can control and just, you can't ignore them, but, you, you know, just don't stress about the stuff you can't control. Focus on what you can control. Um, and, uh, and and by doing that, that circle of influence will increase. Um and you know, I mean, I'm I'm quite excited. I know the stuff going on around, but I'm actually quite excited for the next three months for us because we're launching an app, you know, we're launching our our courses, we're launching like I hope a community support community for people in marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that sort of thing will keep might certainly might keep my head on the straight as we you know look at the P&Ls, there are all the stuff that we have to do, but it at least gives that sort of Hope that, that, you know, the tunnel, because, I mean, in previous recessions, we've always, we've always talked about the green, looking for the green shoots to recover. Mm. Well, I kind of like him working on the green shoots now, um, because I'm not going to wait two years, which is typically what we have to wait and we have to go through a lot of pain. You might as well get on with it and, um, and say, right, I'm going to control what I can control and just mm. get on with it.
0: Exactly that. And you reap what you sow, don't you? So as I say, I mean, anybody tuning into this, if you are the business owner or the head of an organization or an up and coming entrepreneur, it's plenty for you to uh, to certainly consider there. And if you do have anything to say on uh, some of the issues that myself and Peter have talked about today, then you can leave a comment on this particular episode of the podcast via leaderscouncil, all one word, uk uh, forward slash contact hyphen us, because we'd love to hear from you. And if you have your own perspective to add to the conversation or you wish to bring your own topical matter or issue to the discussion table, um, you too also can apply to beyond the programme via leaderscouncil.co.uk, forward slash apply and we would love to of course welcome you on to share your perspective um peter i have to say i mean it's been very thought provoking and really good to welcome you on to the uh, the program today to talk all about what you're doing and sort of your take on what's going on in the uh, the market at the moment um but just before we obviously wrap up on the program today i do want to talk about sort of your personal aims over the year uh, the next 12 months and I mate, let's say the end of twenty twenty three um where ideally do you see Cub being, and what are you hoping to sort of establish for those clients that you're working with in what is a tricky environment right now?
1: Okay, so we talked about the app talked about the course mm. so by in december twenty twenty three um I want to have a community of people interested in marketing, as both marketing people who do marketing mm. um professionals, suppliers. Um, we're building the technology on the website. I want people, anybody, to be able to do their own marketing strategy, you know, so that they can they can work their own way through this this process. Because the, the program takes them through all the steps, uh, it's got some MBA level stuff in it, but it's all really simple. It's easy to follow, and and so uh, I'm hoping that we'll be hitting uh, half a million. We're about just over a quarter million at the moment. Mm. And, and literally over that time, doubling size, want us to be have some really good American clients, uh, US clients, and, um, and and really help with the sort of kind of export um, and demonstrate that that UK is a brilliant place because we're in Manchester, and um, you know I was talking with uh, Manchester Digital earlier on, and you know we are the second biggest. Um, now people might argue with this, but I believe we are the second visit, visit, uh, biggest uh, centre of technology development um, in, in the UK, after uh, London. And uh, I've kind of like like us to help uh, develop that for Manchester, and so that UK uh, as a whole is seen as a great place to do business with.
0: Yeah, that's exactly it. I mean, we've talked and, um, an awful lot, of course, um, about sort of uh, the recent government policy and the fallout of that. But I suppose it's something that if we go back to sort of 2019 with um, the government talks about is levelling up agenda and making sure that, you know, we do turn sort of our regional hotspots into sort of thriving centres. And that's obviously going to be very important if Britain is to sort of truly look outward and be that global Britain and really succeed on the, uh, on the world stage. And, let's see exactly just what sh- sort of shape and what trajectory we take on the uh, on our path over the next 12 months. And I think as we start to become clear as to what that means for businesses and what that means for yourself and your own ambitions as well, Peter, um, I'd love to welcome you back onto the show and maybe catch up in future and just see how it's all sort of coming together. And, you know, we can reassess and reanalyze exactly what's been going on.
1: I'd love to do that. I uh, really would love to do that. I found this really useful because it gets you thinking about, mm your own situation and and almost, right, okay, yes, I am going to do this stuff because now I've said it, I've got to do it, so...
0: Yeah, when we, when we talked about the kind of the proactivity, I mean, I suppose taking that time to, you know, self-reflect, be calm and collected and then respond is so, so, so important. And again, I think many business leaders can take an awful lot from that uh, that way of thinking. And um, just for those that uh, might be interested in finding out a little bit more about Cub Limited and the services that it offers, um, I believe you do have a website, don't you, Peter? Is it uh, cub-uk.net, yeah. the best one?
1: Yep, that's for the agency, and then if you're interested in free workshops, buying the book, um, and and ultimately giving the app a go, uh, then it's uh, vision number two success.co.
0: Yeah, fantastic. So do indeed go and take a look at that to find out a little bit more about what Cub is currently doing. And uh, there's some fantastic resources there, I'm sure that you can find for anyone tuning into this. Um, and Peter, again, thanks ever so much for taking the time to join us on the show. It's been brilliant having you with us and incredibly thought-provoking for myself. And uh, indeed, do take care and uh, and good luck with everything that is going on in the market at the moment. You too, Scott. Thank you very much. real pleasure. Thank you. It was indeed a pleasure welcoming Cup Limited Peter Dickinson onto today's show. And for everybody tuning into today's podcast, I do hope that you thoroughly enjoyed the interview today. Um, as always, I've been your host, Scott Challoner on today's episode. And uh, we will be joining you next time for a whole new perspective on leadership and the current state of the economy here in the UK. Uh, but until then, please take care, everybody, and goodbye.